let's talk about sex. So Pam and I are coming off of a weekend. No kids. Well. And it's one of those, you know, it's so funny you think about it, life as parents and how, you know, you get those times where when your kids are gone, you really miss them. And when your kids are gone, you don't miss them at all. And when your kids are gone, you're going to go do all this huge wild stuff and go, you know, just constantly be going and going and going, which is what everybody that knew we weren't going to have kids for the weekend figured we were we were doing. Like we had this big, huge weekend plan. So when we saw everybody at church and picked up the kids, everybody said, hey, well, how was your weekend? What you guys do? And we were like, nothing. We we hardly left the house. <laughs> it was one of those, like, we had a weekend at the house doing nothing without little ones, which that's a great thing. Okay. So it, it's just so funny because you think of, Oh, well, you got to be always doing stuff together. But it's like, no, we sat on the couch and watched a movie and we had breakfast together and we went out for lunch. You know, all these little bitty simple things. But it was great. Oh, that's nice. It was kind of a reconnection time, (laughs) if you will, because it's been a crazy first part of the year. And this is Sexy Marriage Radio. Exactly. So I was waiting for the sexy punchline. How's that for the segue into this? Well, there wasn't a big sexy punchline to this one. It was just a good weekend. It was fun. Oh, gosh. Let's start with Gina Paris. And you've joined us with Sexy Marriage Radio. And we would love to hear from you if you've got something on your mind or a concern or a thought or a question. Please send us an email at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. And also, jump on iTunes if you like what you hear. And I've noticed several people have, and you guys rock on constantly giving us feedback and, and reviews and five-star ratings because that helps spread the word. And that's what we love having happen is we want this show to be big and for everybody to hear it. And yeah. we can do that with your help. So thank you very much. So here's a question for you, Miss Gina. Okay. We'll just jump right in. Okay. Let's create this scenario. This is a hypothetical because this is kind of a compilation of a couple of emails. That mm-hmm. we've, that and we've we love your emails. Listeners. We read every one. Yes, we do. So you have a husband who is married to a woman that he finds gorgeous. You know, she is just a knockout. And whether other people think that or not, you know, not mm-hmm. imma- that's immaterial. This, he does. He is totally into her. But all the compliments that he sends her way are rejected. He'll say something about how she looks and she, oh, that no, I'm, I'm just old. Or he'll compliment her or he'll describe her or she'll, he'll talk about some outfit she's wearing and she's, oh, no, oh, this whole thing. And it's constantly just kind of brushing it off or brushing aside mm-hmm. or saying, no, I'm just a tired old lady, or no, I'm just a mom, or no, you know, she doesn't accept it, which now then is spilling over into the husband's world of, wow, and now it's kind of throwing water on my desires when I'm I'm going after her and I'm trying to butter her up, I guess is a word, but it's also, I'm saying what I think and what I believe, and it's squashing some of my desire. 
so he takes her self-reject his her self-rejection eventually is projected onto him as rejection so he feels rejected and then he starts to lose desire right Right. yeah because because her i mean basically it's the way she views herself is not in Mm -hmm. line with what he is saying well we've said for a long time that for a woman though to to have great sex and to enjoy her sexuality it's actually more important that she feels great about herself than even how he feels about her. So that's one element in itself is, you know, we talked about that in in our, uh, I wrote to my winning at romance list and was really vulnerable about how, you know, our marriage really nearly ended last year. And um, the, the root of it was that whole scarcity issue. And scarcity just is this overwhelming sense of not enough. So when it looks at not just enough resources, but not pretty enough, not good enough, not sexy enough. So when we're wallowing in that, that gives such a disempowering energy, not just to ourselves, but to our mate, to our marriage. Right. So that's one aspect is just her internal story that's out of his control. Exactly. And it's something we all face to a degree as we age. Because we become tired old ladies. I know I am a tired old woman. <laughs> no, it's we we have to come to grips with as our bodies change, as as we just deteriorate, as gravity takes over. And if you look at what's that's what's interesting is the whole status of beauty is a constant because the models are just replaced. Oh, exactly. You know, it's just a younger woman or it's airbrushed or it's changed or it's just a younger man. And so that just changes. That stays, but we don't. And so our comparison changes and we have to come to grips with, well, that's just not who I who I am now. I'm, you know, I'm I'm different. Well, yeah, but that is that insecurity is not at all age specific. No, that's that's true. But I'm, I'm thinking of specifically for some of our listeners that are older, that have kids, that have families, where that has started to take over. Because that's the. I mean, I look at my life. You know, I'm coming up on 42 as we're doing this show, mm-hmm. and I look back and realize, man, my 30s were the best time of my life. But so far, the 40s have been great. Mm-hmm. So it could easily, and I think it probably will, surpass the 30s. The 20s, I hate looking back. <laughs> it's like, oh, I was such an idiot. And so, but it, it, so it's coming to grips with, all right, I need to get more comfortable in my own skin. And that's the issue that they're facing is a spouse can do nothing to help, at the end of the day, their other spouse's comfort in their own skin. Yeah. So for our listeners, where if you are the listener who's maybe if you're in a relationship thinking, "Ooh, I would probably be the one that's, you know, saying have a negative self-talk all the time. We would just really encourage you to reevaluate the words that you say and, and the way that you choose to focus at yourself, because it's it's not just about you. That hurts the people around you. It's such a negative energy right. that it's it doesn't make it doesn't make your spouse feel good. doesn't make your kids feel good. Nobody feels better. If you're judging yourself all the time, then you're, you're judging the people around you with those same glasses. 
So nobody's really safe and comfortable around you. And Whereas if you're always looking for the best in your spouse or you're the best in other people, you'll automatically raise your own self-esteem as well. And we can't discount the power the other spouse still has. Exactly. Or the influence that that spouse still has because you can still speak to your spouse and pursue them. I mean, in the husband's case, you can still pursue her femininity, her beauty that she has internally. And as long as there's a congruence between your action and your words, and you don't react negatively to her response from it, that you 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 just let go of the attachment to the outcome and you go after what you believe, that can change and influence her journey. Sometimes you just need to ask her, what would make you feel beautiful? Okay. Because if she's not willing to even think about it or she's not present, she's, But I'm, I'm think, know, Let's play that out for a second. I'm thinking of, okay, what would make you feel beautiful? I don't know. You know, because if, if you have a true scarcity mindset. Well, then he needs to be honest with her. Okay. I think I might have told you once when I was in uh, high school, I was only 16 and my boyfriend for all these years was four years older than me. So I just was way too infatuated with him. But anyway, he I remember him saying to me one day he was irritated because I was so attached to, you know, whether he called me enough or didn't pay enough attention or whatever. And he looked at me one day and said, Gina, I cannot be your happiness committee. it's not fair to me and it's not realistic. The thing that attracted me to you was how happy you are. He said, but it's, it's not because of me. And so I've always remembered that because it's just really anytime I'm putting pressure on Paul or somebody outside myself that those words come to my mind. Am I trying to make them my happiness committee? So at least if you say something that's jolting enough, you know, and let her know, well then if you don't know, I don't know. Yeah. It's not my job to make you, you know? Yeah. So. Well, even in the same, I think the same concept applies to where, you know, hey, I think you're beautiful. Well, I don't, how could you, you're not going to change my mind. I think you're beautiful. And you own, I mean, you own what you believe. So it doesn't matter. This is the same concept as I'm going to pursue my wife for sex and I'm going to get shot down at times. But that does, mean, does not mean I stop pursuing her. I believe my wife is sexy. I believe she is beautiful. I'm going to tell her such. I'm going to live as such, which is more important. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter what she respond, how she responds. Over time, yeah, that will influence me because that's where we feed off each other. But if I continue to live that, that same concept applies to where I can influence her. To where she then comes to grips with, well, she, he thinks I'm beautiful. Wow. Maybe maybe I need to reevaluate this. Maybe I need to look at things. And that's that whole concept that we constantly come back to of you are responsible for you. And when you live according to your desires and your wants and your heart and your values, it influences and impacts others. Yeah, because to the husband, I would say, look at the other areas of your life. Do you live as if you are strong and powerful? Do you live um, always seeing the best in everybody around you? Does she hear you um, being positive about others? Does she see you living life 
robustly or does she, does she see you as needy also? Right. And so if you're, if you come off as needy and then you're giving these compliments to a woman, we're like, woo, we're just yeah. putting up walls and going away because it's icky. That would it be, icky. yeah, that would be like the idea of I give a compliment to someone else and then when it's my wife and I, I badmouth the person I just complimented. <gasps> so it's a shallow, I mean, wow. it's, it's a totally shallow you sales cars, you know, use car salesman kind of a thing. <laughs> then it's just this whole, what can I do to make you feel better about you today? And then I walk away and I didn't really care. That same yeah. stuff plays over in marriage and little, little do we know how much that can impact us. Yeah. It's all energy and it, it is, it's all very powerful. Well, it's, a, it's an integrity and it's a congruence and it's a being the same person in every single situation as opposed to well, I'm a little different when I'm behind closed doors with my wife and now I'm out with, in public with a bunch of people so I'm a different person. Now I'm at work so I'm a different person. All that kind of stuff just exudes shallowness, doesn't it? If you're constantly changing. I don't know. I'm pretty... When I'm alone with Paul, nobody sees that part of me. But I know what you're saying. Well, well, I mean, obviously, there's there's uh, there's limits to how close we let someone really see who we are, right? Versus not, but there's still a thread of consistency through it all. That, yeah, that, absolutely. That, that, that We're standing, talking about standing in your power all the time. Because as a woman, for and I think we've said this before, if men are finding their like, relief and they're always, you know, insecure or they're um, frustrated and they're looking to our bodies to be their fix, it's frustrating. Yeah. Whereas if they come at us from a place of strength, it's totally different. Yeah, that's that idea that they they can I I can be strong and close to you and not have to have you to prop me up per se or mm-hmm, exactly to make me feel better about me. Which that's what's so interesting about sex is, you know. And I put this on Simple Marriage I think last week as I'm promoting blow up my marriage is going on you know starting at the end of this week, and so I put out there this whole concept of how you know a couple has a fight. And he's he's unsure about what why it just happened. How can she be so moody? So it, as the fight kind of winds down, he comes back trying to soothe her so that that way she may be interested in having sex. So that, that way he feels better about the relationship and himself rather than so it's all that kind of um, we're propping each other up, and it's just a common battle that happens in marriages that. We look to where, okay, I'm actually seeking this out because I want to feel better about me and I need you to feel better about me so I feel better about me. And yeah, just say that. So just say that. I said that last week to Paul. I'm feeling insecure. <laughs> I want to connect again so we feel – I don't like when we feel like this. Okay. I mean, gosh, I'm just going to be really honest. Well, that disarms a whole lot of it then. <laughs> It sure does. Like, oh, it was quite happy. Okay, I can do that. Or no, I'm not interested in that. You're on your own with that, honey. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. that idea of truly being your own self and being in charge of yourself and then choosing what you want. Right. And what you go after. Knowing I may not get it, but it doesn't change if I go after it. Right. That's good. I like that. If, hey, this is what I'm wanting, so help me feel better about me, please. Okay, I can do that. Because or... that's, that's what most couples don't realize. I, I don't think, know. Is that... 
we're, we do that real subtly and kind of underhandedly. I'll and, just say it. I'm having an insecure moment. Well, that's, but see, I think a lot of couples, they have that, but they don't voice it. And then over time, when, the, when their spouse does not continue that right. role, because obviously if that continues, that's not real attractive in the long run. If I have to emotionally prop you up all exactly. the time, that's exhausting. So I actually heard one Schnarch talk about one of his clients that said the way she grasped this because she she was married to a guy who she had to constantly prop up. He was real, real insecure. And so the status of their relationship and the status of his sexuality was where he got his identity. And so she's, right. she's, she finally said in the middle of therapy, I'll inflate your penis or I'll inflate you. I'm not going to do both. There you go. You got to you got to take care of one of those because that's it's draining me to try to do both, and that's deep down. That's what a lot of couples struggle with is we realize we don't realize how much we re- lean on our spouse, and when they don't do what we want or react the way we want, and that's the source of a lot of our overreactions. Yeah, generally we will just get away from something uncomfortable. So if a situation, an encounter, a confrontation makes us uncomfortable, we'll either shut down or blow up, you know, fight or flight or freeze, you know, it it triggers some kind of stress response. So the more you can learn how to work through it, the better you'll be not just in the bedroom, but in life, because how we do sex is how we do life. How we handle stress is how we overcome. And, and the better you are at handling that discomfort and soothing yourself. And because that's what you, you saying that to Paul is, in essence, some self-soothing. Even though you're asking for his assistance to help with your self-soothing, you saying that is standing on your own two feet more than seeking it without him knowing. Yeah, or my natural response, which is just to shut down. Okay. Because I, I think of lots of times a woman or even a man could all of a sudden get real cuddly because they're feeling uncomfortable and they want to they be soothed. But what's interesting mm. is lots of times when – I know for me, whenever somebody gets too close, I get mm-hmm. this whole warning, reaction, reaction sign of like <laughs> – back off, you know, get, get off me, leave me alone because it's, I see it as clingy and whiny. And, but if they say straight out what they're looking for, that's different. There is nobody in the Paris house that's clingy or whiny, but so we have to, all we all have to work to move towards each other. (laughs) But all these dynamics I think are at play in every single relationship. I think to so. To some degree. Yeah, there's a push in the pole. Yep, that's that pursuer yeah. distancer. All, yeah, I mean, exactly. We, we, and we change that hat. And so when you're dealing with a spouse that, okay, I, I think they're beautiful. I think, he's, I think he's great. I think he's a great provider. Here's, let's switch roles a little bit. Because the husband could feel like, I just can't get enough to provide for my family or I'm mm-hmm. not fulfilling my role as a man or whatever. Right. And so she's, she tells him, yes, you, you do great. You're a great father. You're great. No, I, you know, that's the same dynamic we're talking about here, just reversed genders. Right, right. So 
when you you are not responsible for the happiness of your of your spouse right you're responsible for you and so when you focus there that changes things and yeah you, and you have the ability to you know really challenge where am i what do i believe do i do i have a scarcity mindset do i really believe there's a finite amount of things or mm-hmm. is there or is the world an abundant place and i can pursue what i'm interested in and i can go after what i want and this would be to the husband in our scenario in our hypothetical scenario here mm-hmm. look at your congruence in life do I say what I mean and, and, and act according to what I say? You know, because it's one thing for me to say to Pam, you're beautiful, and then quickly run away. <laughs> There's another thing to me, me to say, you are beautiful, and walk right after her and give her a big hug and a good long, and a good 10-second kiss. Mm-hmm. And then a slap on the behind and walk away you know, <laughs> with a little smirk or something. You know, that's a whole different message. Yeah. And for some people, the words themselves don't mean much. That's right. why that is important. Right. Your words, your actions, what you're doing that, that speaks their kind of language. What you do every day speaks more about you than anything you say. Yeah. And it's okay to have ups and downs. I mean, we don't get from where we are to where we want to be <laughs> in a straight line. Yeah. There's ebbs so, and flows in every relationship. Yep. So we're all growing. Yep. And that's the idea. Whenever you hit the ebbs, of your relationship don't don't think that the whole bottom's falling out <laughs> exactly it's just a great growth opportunity mm-hmm. well taking compliments well that's a tough one i think for all of us isn't it do you take compliments well gina yes i like them i can live a week on a good compliment <laughs> i remember all five that paul's given me in 23 years all five well uh, <laughs> that's a whole nother show right there this has been sexy marriage radio <laughs> We're glad you joined us. And so wherever you're listening to us and wherever you are, thank you. You rock. And we hope you have a great day. Absolutely. Take care, everybody. Let's talk about...